Hello, ATBs. Before we get this week's show started, we just want to let you know that we're giving away $500 worth of this year's best YA fiction and nonfiction selected by Kelly Jensen. She is a former YA librarian and Book Riot's current YA expert. You can go to bookriot.com slash 500YA giveaway to enter. That's the number 500. You'll be signing up to win titles like Leah on the Offbeat by Becky Albertalli, Dread Nation by Justina Ireland, My So-Called Bollywood Life by Nisha Sharma, and many more. So if you would like to win $500 worth of the year's best YA books so far, go to bookriot.com slash 500YA giveaway to enter by July 31st. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 165, and today we are talking about books being released on July 3rd, 2018, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow well redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello. Hi. That was a weird pause. I don't know what happened. (laughs) I'm so out of it. (laughs) It's just been a weird, the news cycle has been crazy. The world has been very weird. And I think we can just, we, we can just let things be weird here sometimes. It's okay. It's been a day. It's so, yep. it's so hot because we're having our house painted so we didn't have the AC in for like the last two weeks when it's been like a million degrees. So my brain has been melting. Um, we had a missing cat incident today, which was never fun. I'm beginning to think, you know, while you were, uh, we were talking about it, maybe he built a panic room like out of oh. books and that's why I couldn't find him. <laughs> I could not find my cat for like a half an hour, and I was very unhappy. (laughs) There are definitely enough books in your house if one wanted to build a panic room out of anything. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm so mad at him. So that's that's what just happened, and now we're recording. So now I'm going to be book-focused. I am glad that you located the cat. Me too. (laughs) we're going to make it. It's it's just been a Monday. Yeah. Oh, yes. He was probably having a Monday. That's why he went off into his... He probably was like, you know what? Screw you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because I don't know where he was. That's the worst part. Anyway, I right. just need a little break. It <laughs> happens. This this happens sometimes. Let's just let's just get right into it. We were saying before the show, we both don't have like a ton to say about some of our books this week, and that happens sometimes. We just like can't shut up about the things that we read and liked, and sometimes it's a little more straightforward. And I think this is one of those straightforward weeks. So we're just gonna jump right in. My first pick is Eagle and Crane by Suzanne Rindell. I love. Her first book, The Other Typist, which just I need to reread that very soon. I loved it. And it's supposed to be a movie soon, I think. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I think Kira Knightley starring in it. So I'm very excited for that. And I was very excited to see uh, her other book, Three Martini Lunch, on Jane Fonda's Nightstand and Grace and Frankie when I was watching that show. <laughs> I was like, woo! And so this is her new book, Eagle and Crane. It's historical fiction. It's about two men named Louis Thorne and Harry Yamada. They are known as Eagle and Crane. They are aerial stuntmen uh, traveling with a flying circus in the Depression era. Uh, It's not exactly a legit flying circus. It's not exactly legal. Uh, They are still doing crazy, insane stuff, um, risking their lives, and they are the big draws of this circus. Um, But they have kind of a complicated relationship because Lewis's family accused Harry's family of stealing land. Uh, Back in the day, his family, uh, Harry's family, are Japanese immigrants, and so there's a little racism and some hard feelings there, 
And they now they are both uh, vying for the affection of the same woman, the circus owner's stepdaughter. So it's, it's very complicated. Uh, but then uh, later on, Pearl Harbor happens, and Harry's father is put in an internment camp. Um, and then, I'm not going to tell you all the plot, but there is a crashed plane later on. There's a crashed plane. Oh uh, the bodies uh, are, are beyond recognition, and it's believed when it's investigated that it is Harry and his father who has escaped from the internment camp. Uh, but they're trying, the FBI is not buying the story, and they're trying to figure out who really was in the plane, and why did the plane really crash? So it's like historical drama, historical mystery. Um, it's a fantastic story, but it also deals with the inhumanity of racism and internment camps and that uh, horrible stuff that took place during that era. Um, but it's so fantastic. You know, it's, it, I whipped right through it. I just love her. So again, it's called Eagle and Crane, and it's by Suzanne Rindell. All right. No easy segue here. So I'll just jump right in. My first <laughs> selection is called Can You Tolerate This? It's a collection of essays by Ashley Young. Um, what first drew my eye to this collection is the blurb on the cover from Maggie Nelson. And blurbs don't often get me, but Maggie Nelson is such a singular kind of writer and thinker that I was like, well, if she cares, I care. Uh, and I'm glad that I made that choice. Uh, Ashley Young is a uh, writer from New Zealand. This collection of essays spans a bunch of things. A lot of them are personal essays about her childhood, about her early life, um, growing up with her brothers and figuring out who she is, you know, sort of coming at like typical coming of age kinds of topics. But the way that she writes about her life um, felt relatively fresh and new to me. Um, there's this interesting distance in like in some of them, she writes about herself in first person, but in some of them, she writes about herself. Like, you know, know it's an essay about herself, but she's writing about like a young woman in third person. And that distance that she gets from herself in telling it somehow, like I've been puzzling over this. I just finished the collection this morning and trying to think about like how best to express it. But that distance that she takes by telling it in telling us a third person story about her own life somehow makes the story feel more intimate as a reader. And I haven't figured out what like dark sorcery that is, but, (laughs) but it was a really interesting reading experience. Um, she talks about her relationship to her body in several different essays about different things. One is about like feeling like she's too hairy. Um, one is about getting kind of addicted to Bikram yoga and the, the, the yoga parts of that essay go back and forth between um, parts of the essay about dealing with an eating disorder and sort of how how those two things fed each other. Um, the title essay, Can You Tolerate This?, is taken from a question that uh, chiropractors ask patients, you know, can you tolerate this? Can you tolerate this? Um, and there's an entire essay about that, about dealing with pains or just reconciling like what it is to have a body and to deal with the like regular limitations, but that feel so personal and that are personalized to us of being human and having a body. Um, and there are some interesting pieces that are more researched essays about topics or about people that she somehow became aware of and fascinated by. And those also have a really interesting tone to them. I was really struggling to think of read-alikes for this. It's not a weird collection. It's not like, oh, this book is so weird. Nothing is like it. It's just that her voice is really unique. And um, I really, really enjoyed like the curiosity that she has about the world, that she brings about her own experience that comes through. There's much more going on here than a relaying of stories about her life. She's really sort of investigating 
her life and her experiences as she gets them on the page. And I just really enjoyed it. I thought I would read it like an essay at a time and sort of dip in and out, but I found that once she started talking to me, I wanted to keep listening. So um, I read them in a couple long sittings and um, I'm really looking forward to uh, reading more of her, I hope, in the future. Uh, So that's Can You Tolerate This by Ashley Young. And now speaking of things that are hard to tolerate, could you tell us about (laughs) our first sponsor? Well, a thing that is hard to tolerate is the discomfort and annoyance of regular bra shopping. But Third Love makes all of that better. Using thousands of measurements from real people, Third Love designs their bras with breast size and shape in mind so that they fit impeccably and they feel even better. And now, since they have added 24 new sizes, Third Love offers the most options of any brand. That's a total of 70 bra sizes. You can find your fit in 60 seconds online with Third Love's Fit Finder quiz. It's actually fun. It takes less than a minute. And best of all, there's no awkward fitting room experiences. This is hands down the most comfortable bra you'll own. It's ultra small, ultra soft, smoothing fabric. There's expert design features like straps that don't slip. The labels are tagless, so there's no, like no itchy, bothersome anything. They really thought about all of the details here. And because Third Love guarantees a perfect fit, returns and exchanges are free and easy. We have both tried Third Love's Fit Finder. We have both gotten Third Love bras and can attest to like if you're, especially in the heat like this, if Ugh. you've got to be wearing a bra, you want it to be comfortable, you want it to fit you well, and you don't want to have to put on pants and leave your house to acquire it. So third love rings all those bells. They know there's a perfect bra for everyone. And right now they're offering our listeners 15% off their first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash books now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash books for 15% off today. And that, you know, sort of ties in with the next title of my book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not my book, the book I'm going to talk about. Uh, my next pick is Unclean Jobs for Women and Girls by Alyssa Nutting. Alyssa mm-hmm. Nutting is the author of Made for Love, which is out in paperback today as well, and also Tampa. Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, this is her first book. It's a story collection. It was uh, published with a small press, and it's being reissued by Echo in their Art of the Story uh, series, which I absolutely love. They're redoing an Elizabeth McCracken next year. I, I love this, this series. Um, and these are... Uh, unusual stories about women and girls trying to make a life and succeed in society while society has other ideas for them. Um, I wanted to reread them in time for the show. I did not get to that, so I'm trying to remember them from when I read this uh, many years ago. Um, I Because I read Tampa, and I immediately had to get her other book, because, wow. Um, but they have uh, titles. The titles of each story are occupations. There's, like, a knife thrower. There's a a cat owner, which is my favorite story. I can't even tell you anything about it. It's just so mind-blowing. Um, there's one called Dinner, because the woman in the story is going to be served up and eaten. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, right? You just say that so calmly. <laughs> I know. Maybe it's bad that I've gotten so used to that. Um, like, of course that's what's happening in a story called Dinner. <laughs> uh, they confront ghosts. They go to white supremacist-owned bowling alleys. Uh, they get pregnant by the quarterback. It's... It's, they're just so fantastic. They're, a lot of them are short, but a lot of them are, like, so short, like, two pages, and they're tight, and they're funny, and brilliant, and you, some of them are like, what is happening? But you can't look away, and, and it's really fun to go back, especially if you've read her other books, 
and enjoy this and be like, oh yeah, like I, she's she's always been like this. She's always been fantastic. She's always <laughs> been full of unusual ideas. They're really great. So again, it's called Unclean Jobs for Women and Girls, and it's by Alyssa Nutting. Who I am gonna have to read that soon. I love the new cover. It has like an upside down peach emoji on it. It's just <laughs> fantastic. When the galley came to my house, it was sitting on the bar in our kitchen, and Bob like took a glance at it, and he was like, "Is there a butt on that book cover?" <laughs> Like no, it's a peach, and he was like, "Oh, but peach emojis." And I was like, "Yes, I yes, <laughs> I'm aware of what people mean with peach emojis, but that it's not actually a butt." <laughs> Come on, Bob. Um, my next pick this week came out a little bit more than a month ago. I think Amanda talked about it on one of the episodes she was on. It's called "So Close to Being the Shit Y'all Don't Even Know" by Retta um, of Parks and Recreation fame and many other things. I am listening to it on audio. I'm almost done, and I am ready to endorse it. I've been like ready to endorse it for the entire experience that I've been having. Um, this is a memoir about. But, you know, essentially the stories about her journey to being a well-known comedian and actress. She went to Duke. She was a pre-med major. She intended to be a neurosurgeon. And then she just took a hard right turn and decided to be a comedian instead because she had a dream of getting her own sitcom. And she noticed that most of the people at the time who had their own sitcoms were stand-up comedians. And I think she kind of like knew nothing about how hard being a stand-up comedian, especially being a woman, especially being a black woman, was going to be. But she just jumps right in and does it. And there's tons of stories from her career. There's a lot of great stuff about her childhood, anecdotes about her college friends. You get some of her comedy bits worked into the book as well. And I, if you're going to consume this book, I like just really sincerely recommend doing it on audio because she reads it herself. She is hilarious. The delivery is really, really enjoyable. And she's like, she's so smart and quippy and also like really insightful about the experiences that she's had, but her delivery is so straightforward and funny in a very dry way that it's like she's dropping big knowledge or wisdom about a thing, but it takes a minute to be like, oh, this is kind of serious because it comes off as just so funny. Um, I'm really, really, really loving it. She's, I, I like don't know, I didn't know anything really about Retta other than that I loved her playing Donna on Parks and Recreation for years, but I wanted to know her story and I'm really glad that I picked it up. This is pretty solidly like in the celebrity memoir category. There's not a lot of, there's not like a self-helpy or really inspirational angle to it. And I love it for doing exactly what a book like that is supposed to do. It's funny. It's mostly pretty light. It's enjoyable. You get to know the life of a person whose work you've enjoyed and I'm into it. So that's so close to being the shit y'all don't even know by Retta. Awesome. Mm -hmm. My next pick is called The Bear and the Paving Stone. It's by Toshiyuki Horehi, and it's translated by Garrett Howells. I had to look those names up to know who I did them justice. <laughs> um, it's three tales. They won awards. Uh, Horehi is a Japanese writer. He lives in France. Um, the title story, The Bear and the Paving Stone, is about a writer, and he's living in France. Sounds familiar. Uh, and he decides to go to Normandy with an old friend, and they go on these travels, and the more that they talk, the more he remembers about his life, and things are coming back to him, and he's having unusual dreams. Um, there's a second one about sandcastles and memory, and then the third one is called The Old Castle, and it's about two friends who are going to have dinner, 
and they come across an old castle on their walk and they decide to jump the fence and go look at it. They are just, it's, it's a very skinny book. It's a, a part of their novella series at Pushkin Press. And they're just, like, not a lot of action in these stories. They're very quiet, introspective stories about memory and travel. Uh, the, but the descriptions are beautiful and they're a little bit surreal, sometimes a lot surreal. Um, there were no... I read a galley of this, and there were no space breaks in my oh. galley. So, like, at the very beginning, he's walking on the backs of bears, and then he's in a cabin, and I was like, how did that happen? <laughs> and so, but that, so that was a little hard to work out, but I still loved it. It was great. Um, so, again, that is called The Bear and the Paving Stone, and it's by Toshiyuki Horehi. So, let me tell you about our next sponsor. Please do. New sponsor. It's Bombez. The most comfortable socks in the history of feet. After two years of research and development, Bombas has re-engineered socks with innovations to make them way more comfortable. They have a fancy arch support system. They have stay-up technology that ensures your socks stay in place but never leave a mark. And super soft cotton material that keeps you warm in the winter but cool in the summer. And better yet, because socks are the most requested item in homeless shelters, Bombas donates one pair of socks for every pair they sell. Over 7 million pairs so far. Although, I was looking at the website this morning and it says 9 million pairs. Ooh. So apparently it's, it's going. Um, now let me, just, let me just tell you. Uh, I don't like things on my feet. I am very anti-sock, as in I don't wear them. As in, I wear shoes without socks, and yes... That smells. Uh, I hate them. <laughs> like, so we got this box in the mail the other day. I got a box and I opened it in the house and I was like, ah! And my boyfriend's like, what's the matter? And I was like, there's a box. There's a box of socks. They're in the house. We have to move now. Because Are we in a horror novel? Yeah, I just, I don't like socks. I don't like things on my feet. But then I discovered that they were going to be a sponsor of the show. So I started wearing them and I really like them. They're, They're so, so good. Oh my goodness. And, and not, not only that, but like uh, his niece saw them and she's like, oh, she thinks I'm cool now because she's like, those were on the Shark Tank. And I was like, oh, I know. Oh, they I, were? Apparently, I had no well, idea. good job, she Bombus. She thought I was so cool. So I, and I've been doing a lot of exercising lately, so I've started wearing their socks. I particularly like the no-show ones because as mm -hmm. little, you know, on my feet as possible. Because like, like, seriously, I don't wear things on my feet. My feet are like bugs in amber. Like there's little <laughs> DNA in the middle, but they're really hard on the outside. Um, but these are, they're so comfortable, and I just keep thinking that I'm wearing, like, silk socks because they're so soft when I'm walking. They are super cushy. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah, I am solidly team Be Barefoot as much as possible um, as well, and I love these socks also. I, I I feel like if you have to wear a sock, you should go, it's like go big or go home. Yeah. Like, get the best, most comfortable ones. I'm, my favorite part of these is that the honeycomb arch support. So when you're wearing their socks, the part that runs around like the middle of your foot is snugger than the rest. And it keeps your, it keeps the socks from sliding down or the toes from getting too floppy. And it just is like your foot is getting a nice little hug. I just... I just love it. I have this routine where I'm taking bubble baths most evenings now, and I've been getting out of the bath and putting like some really nice cream on my feet and then putting deliciously snuggly Bomba socks over that. And my feet just are so happy and pampered. It's yeah. lovely. I actually found myself, I had a pair on walking around the house the other day and I didn't have shoes on with them. And I was like, oh, who am I? They're just so nice though. 
and we want other people to be able to enjoy them. So all of the books listeners can get 20% off their first order. That's right. Go to bombas.com slash all the books and use the code all the books. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash all the books and use the code all the books to get 20% off your first order. Do it. They also have awesome, fun colors. It's just all, everything's great. Yeah, it's great. Yay. Well, who knew we were going to be getting excited about socks, but I uh, feel like... I had no idea. <laughs> this is where I am in life now. I, I care about having good socks. I only do this for you, listeners. <laughs> I was so, I was super excited. I had had some Bomba socks before, and I was stoked to get a box of free ones from them. They're great. Um, so my next pick this week, I think I might have talked about on the show when it first came out in hardcover. It is very recently out in paperback. This is The Complete Stories of Claire Lispector. Um, she's a Brazilian writer, a total legend in the world of short fiction. These are translated by Katrina Dodson. And I picked it up, I think about a year ago. Um, It is, this is a big hardcover. We're talking like several hundred pages, 700 or 800 pages probably. Um, And I had this, I don't know like what delusion I was having that I thought somehow I was going to manage to read a 700 page collection of short stories in like all at once in the middle of also all the other reading that we do for this show and for work. So at the time I picked it up and I read a few and I was like, wow, I totally get why people are obsessed with her. Um, And then I just fell off the wagon and occasionally I remember and I pick it up and I read a couple of more stories. And there were 86 stories in the hardcover edition. They have just discovered three more. So this paperback edition has three more stories, a total of 89 short stories. Um, I know some people who do like a short story a week kind of New Year's resolution and you'd have almost two years worth if you did Clarice Lispector. Um, that might be what I have to do to finish the collection, but I've been really enjoying all of the ones that I've read so far. It's a very like sharp feminist perspective, stories about women and girls at all different points in their lives and from a different culture than the one that we're living in. So it's interesting to see the things that are similar about womanhood and girlhood, and then also some of the different perspective that she brought. So those are the complete stories by Claire Lispector, available now in paperback with three brand new fresh ones, or just discovered ones. So Now I'm going to have to get the paperback, too. <laughs> I know that that's how they get you. I was actually surprised because it came out at the beginning, in the middle of 2015, I think, in hardcover, so I just was assuming oh, it wasn't yeah. going to be a, a paperback, but there well, it then is. I've, I've been trying to read it for way longer than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and I'm going to have to get this one, too. I'm excited. Um, since we're on, like, a paperback kick, I just want to remind people, because I loved this book, The City of Brass is out in paperback today. It's by S.A. Chakraborty, and it is a fantastically fun uh, book set. I can't <laughs> It's a fantastically fun no- novel set in the 18th century full of Middle Eastern lore based on actual Middle Eastern lore about a woman named Nahiri. She's a young woman. Um, she's kind of a fake fortune teller, but also not really. Like, she doesn't really believe in magic, but she doesn't realize that she actually possesses it and manages to summon all kinds of things. Uh, or not all kinds of things, but a jinn warrior. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Um, and so he tells her about the legendary city of Brass. And she doesn't have a whole lot going on. And she decides she's going to go visit this journey, and go on this journey, and she ends up getting involved in, like, dark court politics, and there's a uh, secret sort of group that are after the royalty, and 
and she, and she also is going to learn a little bit about who she is. Like, she didn't know who she was. Um, it's so much fun. I absolutely love the characters. I loved, you know, everything about this. Um, the second one, there we have a date now. It comes out on January 22nd of next year. It's called The Kingdom of Copper, which, I don't know, what is she going to name the third one? The Multiplex of Silver. I don't know. Something like that. Can you tell I didn't write any notes because I was busy looking for my cat? Um, anyway, so I loved this book. It's really fun. Again, it's called The City of Brass, and it's by S.A. Chakraborty. Please direct all complaints to my cat, Steinbeck. <laughs> Emails can have Steinbeck at bookriot.com. <laughs> we take no responsibility for the response we receive. <laughs> from letting the cat loose on the keyboard. Uh, my last pick this week is uh, also a paperback reminder for a book that I absolutely adored when it was out last year. It's called My Glory Was I Had Such Friends. This is a memoir by Amy Silverstein, uh, and it is about getting a heart transplant. Um, she had a heart transplant in her early 20s, and 26 years after that, she finds out that her donor heart uh, her original donor heart is failing, and if she wants to live, she has to get a new heart, which is a grueling and very long and physically, physically, emotionally, spiritually painful process. In addition, in order to maximize her chances of this happening, she has to totally uproot her life. She and her husband have to leave the East Coast. They move across the country to California so they can live near the hospital where the transplant would take place. And when this happens, her group of friends, it's nine women, that she's close to band together. There is a master spreadsheet because you know, women always have that in a spreadsheet and they figure out a plan for um, how they can take turns leaving their own jobs and family lives and going to spend time with Amy and like to take care of her and just to be with her while she waits. And the book is about the moments that Amy Silverstein had with these women friends in the process of waiting for the heart transplant and then going through the experience. It is um, really, really powerful and beautiful. Um, there, and it's not all sunshine and roses. These are really you know, some very difficult moments that these women see her through, and there's a lot of um, tough, like like tough love and some really tough honesty that her friends give her about some of her behavior sometimes, but that, you know, like, I love you enough to tell you that you shouldn't let yourself off the hook for being a good person just because you're going through this hard experience. Um, it's really wonderful and inspiring. They're in there. The women are in their, I think, late forties and early fifties, uh, in the time that the, the stuff in the book is happening. And as a woman in my mid thirties, who's really starting to, I think, understand in a new way, what women's friendships can be like in this time of our lives, seeing this kind of model of women really coming together to support the community of their friendship was just really beautiful. I loved it. I cried through a lot of it. Um, it will make you think about the friendships in your life and the people that show up for you and that you would show up for in this way, or that you want to be able to show up for. Um, I think it would also make a lovely book club discussion book if your book club is not afraid of feelings. Um, so that is my glory was I had such friends, a memoir by Amy Silverstein. All right. So here we are. Here we are. Those are new books and some newish books and some paperback releases this week. We're like in the middle of summer. The new releases are coming a little more slowly. Yeah, but there's still a lot more, I think, than there used to be. That's true. Um, what are you going to read now? Uh, I'm going to read something called Kill the Farm Boy 
by Delilah Dawson and Kevin Hearn. The tagline is once a pun, a time. So, <laughs> can't miss it. And also, it says that the authors reinvent fantasy, fairy tales, and floridly overwritten feast scenes in an irreverent new series in the tradition of Terry Pratchett's novels and Monty Python. So, hi, hmm. I'm there. What that are you going to read? For you. I'm going to read No One Tells You This by Glynis McNichol. Um, the first line in the jacket copy is, if the story doesn't end with marriage or a child, what then? Uh, when she's about to turn 40, Glynis McNichol is reflecting on her successful career as a writer and constantly being reminded that she had neither of the things that the world expects a woman of her age to have, a baby or a partner. Um, and she knows that she's supposed to feel bad about all of that, but she like doesn't quite. So she's also reflecting on the questions that people face around that time of their life. So kind of what now? Um, and I'm looking forward to reading it. I have a partner, but no babies happily and intentionally. And that's not a, that's not a story that gets told very often, especially in fiction, but, um, in nonfiction either. I don't come across, um, women sort of happily talking about being child-free. Uh, so I'm looking forward to picking that up. Well, all right. Okay. So that's it. We have survived. <laughs> Hopefully you can find your cats when this show is over. Oh my goodness. He's grounded. No one is hiding anymore. Um, don't forget to go to bookriot.com slash 500YA giveaway to enter to win $500 of the year's best YA fiction and nonfiction. Do that by July 31st. Go to thirdlove.com slash books to get 15% off your first order and bombas.com slash all the books and use the code all the books for 20% off your new favorite socks. We promise. If you have something to say to us, you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com or send your notes for Steinbeck to us. That's fine too. Um, <laughs> he already gets on... more mail than I do anyway. <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter. I am Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you've got a minute, want to give us a little tip, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. And we certainly appreciate everyone who has done that for us over the years. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter and in the meantime in the meantime happy, happy reading, reading.